Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. I am Adam, and I am joined by Wesley Sith. Hello. And I am joined by CA88, aka Chris. Hello. And we are here today to join together in holy matrimony. Sorry, wrong session. Uh, no, we are here today to talk about Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And uh, yes. I, I still get so, a tingle of anticipation when it gets mentioned. Yeah, that, that was a big thing I remembered. Mm. Just, you know. I'm, I'm assuming, did we, all, did we all see this? Were we all cinema for this one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> it was the yeah that level of anticipation but, was. But it is funny up. though because I can't remember exactly now why we were say so excited <laughs> for this one. I mean, I guess was it because we knew it was J.J. Abrams and he'd done some good stuff. Star Trek was definitely you know the one that I knew of him. But you know, because after the prequels, you might think we'd be like, oh. They might, it might I, not be that good. If I, if I remember right, been... cool, for me, it was a case of because they'd already announced that there was going to be so many of the original trilogy in it, you knew it was going to be mm. a direct carry on from an extension of what we knew mm. and loved rather than a prequel. Yeah. I was remember as I was watching it, I was remembering the trailers that came out and they definitely had a big effect on me seeing like the Millennium Falcon. I mean, really obviously this is for, yeah. for talking in a a few more minutes time. But uh but yeah, I, I just thought it was funny though how excited everyone seemed to be. Well I know I know there's like there, I think there was like someone's video of when they showed the trailer at Comic Con. Mm. And the fucking noise level <laughs> at the point of Chewie we're hung mm. like of this just like yeah. crowd of geeks basically geek gasming into yeah. the stratosphere <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's second only to Beatlemania I would say <laughs> as um, any newspaper will do but I mean I, I think at the time because I, I, I think it was there was the no oh, Star Wars has been sold to Disney and then it was Oh, JJ Abrams is doing it. Okay, or JJ Abrams to give him his proper name, um, and um, and then everyone, and then like you say, where it was like, well, we're going to get original cast back, and then the good thing, well, I think it was also when you watched the trailers, and it was just it looked, it looked Star Wars for want of a better expression. Because yeah. mm. I think See, for me. I wasn't too fussed about Disney buying it because I'd not long seen John Carter, which I thought was a really good oh. Disney film. And it mm. is a template for how Disney would do a Star Wars movie. Right, Disney is a funny thing because I still have a sense of not exactly liking Disney and yet so much of what they do is really great. Yeah. I, th I, think, it's, I think you've now got to that point where there's people... The people involved are basically, if you've gone to work for Disney, you're probably at the top of your game. Mm. But the people who are involved also clearly are people who loved it or grew up with it. So, whatever, yeah. you know, so not, not just sort of Star Wars, but any other properties that they've sort of bought up and things like, well, like that. Like Pixar. 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, picks up. That, I think, was just genuinely... I think that was a case of, um, yeah, we better get in on this because they're basically out-Disneying us. Mm. So, yeah. well, 2D animation from Disney doesn't happen anymore. It's all about the CGI, so... Mm. I, I think, and, was it and, Princess and the Frog was the last one, I think. Mm. Really? Is that the very yeah. last sort of animated? I like Princess and It is a really good one, I like <laughs> Yeah. But then I'm, I'm, I haven't really seen a bad one, if I'm honest. I like them all, all the Disney films, so... I, I think it's just you... There's certain things that you associate Disney with or certain things that get associated with Disney in terms of things like... Uh, but I think it's going back to the very sort of golden age of Disney. So you expect something a bit sort of like, I, th I think the template would be something like Bambi, where it's like you expect it to be all nice or you expect yeah. it to be all cute. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, even though, again, because it's Disney and we, and as they said on Robot Chicken, Walt Disney fed off the tears of children. That's yeah. what gave him his power. So obviously, Bambi does start with, you know, your mother getting murdered, um, much much like every other fuck. I mean, the good thing when you, the weirdest thing is, is that they've brought up, they've you know they've brought up Star Wars, and you know it's like sort of, you know, sort of <laughs> bits in Star Wars like there's genocide, ethnocide, mm. and stuff like that. Uh, but it still just feels it still feels a lot lighter than some fucking Disney movies, where it's just like, oh, so, what's that, Dumbo? Yeah, your mum's gone fucking mad, so we've had to kill her. I still haven't seen Bambi, <laughs> so I think you've, you've just completely spoiled it for me. I've not spoiled it. All I've just told you is that you might want you 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 need to. Yeah, that's true. You can't spoil something that's sixty years old. But I think I think also you. <laughs> Yeah, that literally that's the first five minutes. Yeah. I think I can only think that Disney do that in a way so that it can only get better mm. in terms of the emotional thing. But it's just you, you've really heard about Disney, Disney's like when he was in charge and how a lot of the characters are motherless because mm. he because he, his his mum died in real life because he bought her a house. And the gas safety really wasn't done properly, and she died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And he blamed himself for it. That's why that features in a lot of his films. I guess you'd feel guilty, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But this is not, this is getting this is getting a bit Magritte though, isn't it? Where Magritte saw his mother being carried out of the pond with a yeah. uh, blanket over her face, and it's like right, every paint I do, sheet on the head, put a sheet on his head. How many figures in it? Three sheets on all the edges, and it's the same with this now. It's like, so, um, so Walt, we've got this, uh, we've got this film we're planning on doing, and it's uh, about a, a little deer who goes out into the forest, but befriends a uh, a wise, wise ass bunny rabbit, and he's like, "Does his mum die?" Um, well, we hadn't planned for that. Kill the mum. That's it. I mean, I mean, fuck knows how they got like stuff like Robin Hood past it. <laughs> he passed away not long before that one. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. There you go. So, so what happened with this? Yeah, then? that's why 
how did he get the uh, <laughs> the father killing scene in here? That's 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 true. I mean, I again, I think that that's um, yes. Let's just say spoilers and swearing. I yeah. know I forget to do it every fucking yeah. time. <laughs> I'm pretty Sorry, sure we list it. We list it in big, big letters on the. Uh, oh yeah, the... We, we 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 do, but you know, e- equally people can listen and may not read. I don't know. That's, that's true. But, uh, yes. We and I d- we do put it at the bottom of the thing, so it's a lot less. So it seems a lot more fun, and we're jolly people. <laughs> but but definitely, I mean, that's. I think that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, there's a um, friend, uh, friend of the podcast and former Welcome to Horror guest, uh, Drew, said mm-hmm. that when he went to see The Force Awakens, him and his missus were walking out, like walking out afterwards, past the crowd of people queuing to get into the next showing. Mm-hmm. And she loudly proclaimed, I can't <laughs> believe they killed off Han Solo. Yeah. And he was like, I think he was shushing her both from a point of view of not wanting to spoil it for people, but also not wanting to get like lynched Killed, by a group yeah. of disgruntled spoiler fans. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think, but it's it's a remarkable thing that you suddenly realise that um, now that you know, it's a weird one where you think, oh, is Disney does seem to be putting it in safe hands, but also it's like. Who else is there? Disney have basically bought oh, everything up. I mean, they, they, I mean, they they acquired because this was the thing as well. Was lots of people were like, also Leia is now a Disney princess. Um, although obviously in this she is General Leia because mm. she's well, she yeah. never was a princess anyway. She was adopted, wasn't she? So therefore, she isn't by blood a princess. Yeah, but I think if we're taking the lines of primogeniture, I mean, it's sort of. <laughs> You know, I think they'll give they'll give it a loose one. I mean, they still called him Prince Harry, so you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think that um, yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, so Leia's now a Disney princess." But then also they pulled up the uh, Alien franchise and they started saying, "So the Alien Queen is now a Disney princess," and it's, <laughs> so it's maybe stretching a point there. I technically, I would imagine she's much more of an evil queen, surely. Yeah. She's much more like um, Maleficent mm. or something like that, rather. Or is it? Well, isn't she just doing her nature? You know, she is. She doesn't mean she to be evil. Master. It's just, yeah. That's all, that's all she can it's do. She is beyond. Yeah. A, she is beyond good. Oh, evil a woman with a B. torch. <laughs> yeah, starts killing her eggs. That was that yeah. was an Easter she'll never forget. So yeah, terrible. <laughs> But I also <laughs> love the fact that Chris has betrayed his android origins there by sounding exactly like Ash in the first yes. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, but enough of these other spaceships and others, other sequences and things like that. We are here to talk about The Force Awakens. So we are heading to 2015. Or, I'm doing this a bit like, you know, carry-on films where it used to be like, Carry on, Doctor. Or don't mind me, I've got a stethoscope <laughs> up the crap. You know, so yeah, 2015. Or Peter Geddon. Or Year of the Nonce. Or the Human Celebrapede. Um, so um, <laughs> the UK Prime Minister is David Pigfucker Cameron. 
um, as part of the uh, Conservative Lib Dem coalition. And the uh, president is Barack Obama. Uh, and news stories that year include um, Buckingham Palace denying any impropriety with underage minors by Prince Andrew after he's named in the lawsuit against Jeffrey Epstein. Glad that one's been cleared up and sort of mm. put to bed and everything else like that. <laughs> Doesn't prove they've been shilly-shallying that for fucking six years. Um, Al-Qaeda gunmen break into the Paris headquarters of the satirical main magazine Charlie Hebdo, killing 12 and injuring 11. Mm. Uh, Gary Glitter is found guilty of historic child molesting. Fred Tolbert, the, the This Morning Weatherman, is found guilty of child molesting. An independent report finds Jimmy Savile sexually abused 63 people at Stoke Mandeville Hospital from the 60s to the 90s, whilst complaints were ignored. Uh, Rolf Harris is stripped of his honours following his conviction for sex offences. Um, this is remarkable. The UK finishes paying off its World War I debt. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Who was it owed I mean, to? This is the point, though, isn't it? It's at the end when you, when they tell you that the world is in debt and you're like, yeah, <laughs> fucking Mars, Tatooine, the fucking Empire. <laughs> um, Jeremy Clarkson is sacked from um, uh, Top Gear because he punched his uh, mm. producer because he couldn't get a hot dinner. And I've put here the fat overprivileged ponce. Then uh, <laughs> dire satisfaction, an Irish setter dies of poisoning at Crufts. And there are a few <gasps> other dogs fall ill in a massive escandalo. Uh, there's the Hatton Garden Diamond Heist. Same-sex mm. marriage is legalised in Ireland. Caitlyn Jenner becomes the first transgender person to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair. Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Nicholas Gojon murder Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee, following years of Dee Dee abusing Gypsy. Um, the USA re-establishes diplomatic relations with Cuba. I think Trump then fucked that over within about six months. Uh, yep. NASA announces the discovery of liquid water on Mars. And then finally, in December, arrest warrant for Bill Cosby is issued on ongoing history of sexual assault charges. So, as you can see, it was a pretty noncy year. Of, um, yeah. And a no-nonsense noncy year. Yeah, I, I am not, and I'm not overstating this. Because literally, I go through and it's like, right, big events that year. And that's all the ones that are coming up. And you're like... I, I didn't remember <laughs> they were all in that year. I would have thought it's, they were spread out a yeah. bit more than that. But... No, no, apparently it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty much, pretty much 2015 was really the time for it. So, yeah. I mean, a good thing we had 2016 where just the entire of the entertainment industry died. So, you know, we could forget about this, you know. Oh, ironically, none of the nonces did. <laughs> so, there we go. <laughs> there, there's one in the eye for God. Um, on, number ones in the charts included uh, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, Ellie Goulding, uh, your, your wife, Wes, Sam Smith, uh, Jess Glynn, <laughs> Jason Derulo, Tiny Temper, One Direction... Oh, a little bit Adele, Justin Bieber and the NHS choir. So, yeah, probably just could have stabbed your ears out on that year and you wouldn't have missed much. On TV, however, stuff that started was Murdering Successful, Taskmaster, mm -hmm. Cockroaches, Peter Kay's car, car Share, George Scott, In and Out of the Kitchen, The Enfield Haunting, The uh, Jekyll and Hyde that was done by Charlie Hickson. 
I really, I really rather like that. I mean, the guy who played Jeff yeah. was shit, but overall it was great. Uh, Midwinter of the Spirit. This is England ninety. Back in time for dinner. Money for nothing. Doctor Foster. Jonathan Strange and Mister Nuttall. Uh, Harry Price, Ghost Hunter, No Offence, Drunk History, The Frankenstein Chronicles, Wolf Hall, Thunderbirds Are Go, that's the CGI one, isn't it? Uh, yep. Poldark, Humans, uh, The Twirly Woos, Messi Goes to Okido, Ninja Warrior UK, Victoria Derbyshire, The Keith Lemon Sketch Show, and Michael McIntyre's Big Show. So a mixed bag Big there. Shit. Yeah, excellent to turds. Uh, and finishing that year were House of Fools, Nevermind the Buzzcocks, Peep Show, Rastamouse, mm. The Cube, uh, Russell mm. Howe's Good News, Downton Abbey, My Mad Fat Diary, Lewis, Nutrix, and Miranda. But, and obviously it's a big but, we always like to see what was going on. If you'll excuse me as a moment, because I need to wet my whistle, because I did that funny voice and then just nearly um, evaporated all the mucus in my gullet. <laughs> Bear with. Um, so, 2015 in, t- in film, uh, you've got The Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death, Taken 3, Paddington, Ex Machina, The Hallow, mm-hmm. uh, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, Mr. Holmes, Fifty Shades of Grey, Life, Kingsman, The Secret Service, Map to the Stars, Chappie, It Follows, Nina Forever, uh, Furious 7, Lost River, Child 44, The Falling, mm-hmm. Avengers Age of Ultron, The Lobster, Mad Max Fury Road, Pitch Perfect. Two, uh, remake of Poltergeist, Insidious Chapter Three, Jurassic World, The Legend of Barry, uh, Barney Thompson, uh, Inside Out, Yakuza Apocalypse, You on the Final Curse, Ted Two, Terminator Genesis, Minions, Ant Man, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, Attack on Titan, live action version, uh, Straight Out Compton, The Man from Uncle, The Visit, Absolutely Anything, Ah, the film by. Um, no, it's gone. Um, the Brand New Testament, The Childhood of Leader, Legend, High Rise, Bill, Crimson Peak, Howl, Spectre, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2, uh, Creed, The Hateful Eight, and The Revenant, in which um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is bummed by a bear. So there we go. A rather, a rather interesting sort of mixture of stuff there, but a, also a lot of sequels, which kind of... Um, suggests where <laughs> things have been going where there's obviously a lot of people treading water there where it's like i would do nothing yeah. uh, the one hard. that stood out to me a sci-fi one was chappy because lee has told me several times that i need to watch it and i have chappy is a great film mm-hmm. yeah okay chappy more people like... have told me i need to watch it yeah chappy <laughs> chappy's kind of like um short circuit with mm. without without the sort the... of schmaltz or the sort of short circuit with Diane Wood. That's it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) With the Edward playing the Edward. (laughs) Just being constant. So and it is um yeah, definitely worth watch. And it's um Neil Bloomcamp who did um District Nine and Mm. the Oats Studio Shorts. Yes, okay. So it's yeah, definitely definitely worth a watch. Um, and um, yeah, actually, that's the best description is Robocop meets Short Circuit, I suppose, <laughs> with, with the actor, um, who uh, clearly made a hell of an impression on uh, the uh, people there because they have not been in the film since. So <laughs> I suspect they may have been a problem. <laughs> who would have thought it? I eh? who would have thought it? 
But yes, so we get to The Force Awakens. Uh, yes. So I think it's kind of a new hope in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, but not isn't, isn't New Hope like the absolutely perfect film for introducing a whole, whole host of characters and environments anyway? Exactly. And I think that that's probably the smart move. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, that was the thing we were saying about that when we covered A New Hope. We were very much like this is, you know, like you say, absolutely perfect introduction. It's contained within itself and but inspires you to want to see much more of it and everything but the interesting thing i think there's because there's there's two things that sort of happened with it is because in the because uh, there's a obviously they wanted to keep as much under wraps as possible but you yeah. are making star wars so the interest is there so the leaks are going to happen and things like that but i don't think anyone in a weird way, I think that they kind of wanted to deflect attention from Ray in pre... So, because essentially Ray becomes the Luke of this mm -hmm. yeah. trilogy. Yeah. And, but I think they wanted to deflect attention away, so they concentrated much more on Finn yeah. in <clears throat> trailers and promotions. Well, wasn't, wasn't he... The very first thing you saw on the first trailer was him sort of yeah. um, standing yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. On Jakku after the crash. That's it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also he was you also it was they showed you him with the lightsaber. Yes, yeah. Which that, that, that was quite a good little um misdirection, I would mm. say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually that that is a point. They they did do a good job of not like you didn't know where it was going to go really mm. um but, even, but even the really impressive shot of bba rolling across jakku mm. you know you, yeah. you had no context to how yeah. that would fit in or how important it was mm. it was just really well thought out trailer i thought and of course mm. you had the crowd pleasing shots of the star destroyer and that yeah so, yeah i made a note yeah. that, that that really was something seeing a star destroyer wreckage on a desert planet yeah, yeah like it, it was interesting sort of surreal feeling i seem to remember watching mm. that trailer and and yeah i guess a bit of worry like is this just going to be really awful but you know i, I think they took some chances and i did really like the the idea of seeing it from in a way a stormtrooper's perspective to begin with yeah, that that doesn't last think, that long, but it's yeah, it was interesting to try that. I th I think it's also because, like we were saying about with like Mandalorian, where mm, yeah, it's sort of like much more the sort of the working end, like the work the working class end of it. Sort of yeah, thing. It's, yeah. to take it from the perspective of just a like a grunt, just like mm, a, a trooper yeah. who has clearly broken his condition. His individual thought patterns detected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, in the original, in one of the original drafts for the script, it was supposed to happen slightly later in the film. And it was a load of rebels were to be taken aboard a Star Destroyer. And he witnessed them being put in the airlock and blasted into space. 
That was oh. the original thing that was supposed to turn him. But well, it was better in this way. Yeah. Well, in this one, he gets turned as soon as he gets blood on his helmet. So that, well, that was our thing. Seeing blood on the helmet, that was an interesting... It was subtle and yet powerful because, you know, you don't see blood very often, do you, in Star Wars? Not in Star Wars, no. no. no and so doing that, it's like, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a bit... It's interesting how how well that worked, I thought. Well, yeah. also, especially because you've got that contrast because you only ever see st- stormtroopers like pristine. Yeah. Mm. And that's that's another thing with it as well, is I think that there's... There's definitely when they did, I think when George Lucas was doing the prequels, mm. there was there was a sense where people were like, "Hey, George, you can do the things you wanted to do. You're not yeah. limited by having to have sex, or you're not limited by having to have people. Essentially, you know, we can we can build robots that are impossible." Mm. but you can have them in this. And I think he took that so much to heart that that is where they lose, they kind of lose against the original Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Whereas with this... There's an element of detachment because there is Mm. so much of it. You you, you can't comprehend it as being... Well, take the clone army. We've all seen news footage of armies and stuff like that. But never to that size. And it does seem to, well, your brain goes into that, well, that's CGI, isn't it? Because you could never get that many extras. Whereas yeah. the scene in A New Hope, where they're collecting their awards, there's, a, there's a, a vast amount of people there, but it's a believable amount. So you think, well, how did they get all those extras? You know? Yeah, because some of them are cardboard cutouts, aren't they? In the original, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the, in the original 77 car, the, the ones, I think it's the ones nearest the back are actually blow up blown up uh photographs of yeah. the cast but still it it does actually have an impressive feel to it and then and yet weirdly like the bit where general hux gives his nazi rally yeah mm-hmm. you know we, which under no circumstances is that anything else yeah <laughs> yeah because because that's the thing like star wars you know it, it's definitely got that feel of um us versus them, evil Nazis mm. type. But yeah, that was just so obvious. I, I quite liked it, but um, oh, I like, especially because like it was him going life. a bit crazy with the power. He was just like, this is, you know, yeah. everything I've wanted. Very, very Hitler shouting. Mm. <laughs> yes, because it's got that same thing where, because, you know, when you see, when, when you see Hitler had a hysteria to it. Mm, yeah. And it's that same thing that comes from, and it's, again, sort of like evoking back sort of like with Mandalorian where you saw a lot, you'd see a lot of, there was a a lovely cross-section of Imperial officers, some of whom were like, no, fuck this, he's got a gun, take the ship, you know, and the ones who were like proper diehard, you know, the ones who were willing to top themselves rather than let the ship be taken and all that. Mm. And it's that sort of almost like religious fervour that you can get from these um, political groups, but it's like, but I do like the fact. I mean, obviously, the Empire is now called the First Order, mm. and that's pretty explicitly Nazi, um, you know, like New Order and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's just like, in a weird way, it's quite nice that they sort of made no bones about it. Mm. 
where it's just like sort of like, no, this is what the empire is. Do not be mistaken under any other fucking circumstances. These are the worst. You know, these are, and let's face it, it's you know, it follows the it follows the same trajectory of sort of like you know, these are. I don't know what you extremists, but also extremists with um, you know power, control, hatred, and genocide, and it's mm. all sort of like it's all you know. So it's kind of like the they're almost like the obvious go-to, I suppose. But there was but one think, point with the new world with the uh, the first order. I think you brought it up a couple of episodes ago, Ed, about how. They are essentially an order of young people. Yes, and yeah. I was I was looking a bit more into that and how it's the because because of technically all of a certain generation were brought up with the empire. It's mm. these ill-educated children that have grown up much echoes today, who never lived through it, who are now following this path mm. because they don't know the consequences of it. And it's the same with the um, rebels, but I think with this one, it's the rebels are really not as experienced as the other yeah. rebels who fought for longer. But no, I like the idea that it is they're a bunch of kids, so it's almost like kind of Lord of the Flies kind of yeah element. Well, of, I, they're playing at it. Yeah, I got that with Kylo Ren particularly and Hux. Definitely. Yeah, that they yeah. did feel just that bit younger and so, you know, trying to get one over on each other, but in, in a relatively unsophisticated way. Yeah, it's, it's an office backlight. Yeah. All, and all the older officers in it, and not, not just this film, but the other ones still to come, mm. there's a real sort of downbeat, oh, all right, kind of thing with the older officers yeah. in the uh, the first order and I, I thought that played out really well that they really can't be asked the older <laughs> ones because they've already done yes it. they've seen yeah like from the greatness yeah. that they came from to this and, and they're, they're I, seeing history repeat itself mm. and it, it, yeah. they've just had enough of it they've already been through it yeah yeah and you've obviously you've got like you say with the with the rebels they've they've obviously still got well they've got layer yeah from to to be that sort of linking thing, but obviously everything everything from the Empire in terms of Vader, the Emperor, the like the governors and everything else like that have basically been wiped out. Mm. So, like you say, it is a bunch. Essentially, it is a, a it's Snoke coming over like a gigantic cgi nonce yeah who, who's grooming <laughs> all the young people to be very fitting for the time it is yes it does seem very fitting for the time. it has to be said <laughs> I, I i meant to look it up and i could it's, it's andy circus isn't it who's snow because yeah. obviously I, well we need someone to, well andy's got his own suit with ping pong balls on it we'll get andy in. so <laughs> um the um because I remember there was there were a lot of theories going around, and I don't want to get too into it because, like I say, I've still not seen Rise of Skywalker. Mm. I know I know certain key things about it because, again, yeah. you know, it's, it's the internet. Um, 
but there are certain things that I don't necessarily want to delve too far into if mm. they get explained later on. But I mean, Snoke as a figure is quite mysterious w- within the bounds of this. Mm. And but there are a lot of theories going around now. I was extremely disappointed when it didn't that it didn't turn out he's Peter Cushing because I thought he looked like a really, really, you know, fucked up Peter Cushing who might have survived. Potato Cushing. Sorry? It looks like potato cushion. Yes, yeah. More potato for the question. I wasn't, I was a little bit, mm, he's he's no emperor. That, yeah. It was like, oh, he's, yeah, maybe. But that that was perhaps one of the things that felt a bit weak in this. Mm. Um, But but it might be because I've never heard of him and it's like, what, you know, but then obviously I hadn't heard of First Order or Kylo Ren. But somehow I kind of liked Kylo Ren as a, like, I suppose the fact that he was Darth Vader's grandson, I think that helped me to feel like, yeah, okay, there's a progression there, you know, and it's gone wrong. I kind of like that backstory. Um, yeah. And I'd probably, what? I'd already read about Han Solo and Leia's children from the books, even mm. though they didn't follow that properly. Um, no. Yeah, so I sort of felt connected in some way, but yeah, I just didn't have anything. I was like, oh, Snoke, I have no idea really. So I was hoping he was going to turn into something great. Didn't exactly play yeah. out like that, but I, I, well, I think I think also the the sl- it's slightly confusing in so much as they've gone with the obviously you only see him mm. as uh, on the hologram in this, and there was the question of is he just fucking enormous. Mm. Or is that because it's the it's, projections, yeah, you know, of, yeah. of him? He, and, it's a tall bastard, but it's a big projection, isn't yeah. it? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the... But again, I think it's because no one really seems to be... No one seems that concerned about Snoke. You know, obviously Hux and Kylo Ren do, mm. and they're, they're very sort of... a You know, you understand he is powerful because of the way they are with him. Um, because one of them's got a planet that blows up other planets and the other one's Kylo Ren. So you yeah. kind of think, well, if they're, if they're sort of like bowing to this guy, he must be something. But like you say, I don't think it has that level of resonance. Well, he hadn't been built up aside from no. that obvious connection with them two. It was just he just I... appears pretty much without much um, background being given. I thought after seeing the first film that, it was only Kylo and Hux that knew of him, but mm. Leia actually refers to him. Yeah, she so does. He is so. known, mm. But whether or not it's, again, it's like the shadowy name rather yeah. than the individual. It's not really explained enough mm. to what extent he is a threat, a known threat mm. to everyone else. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think there's, there's sort of, I mean, it's something there, but again, you, you, in a weird way, you are kind of expecting it to be much more than it apparently is. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, in the next film, he turns up in a Hugh Hefner dressing gown, which is just fucking weird. So, but um, I would. <laughs> well, there, there, there we go. But, <laughs> but I have. <laughs> now, here was something that came up that sort of came into my mind when I was watching it, though. Is right at the start, you've got Max von Sydow, 
and like as the uh, guy he was he was one who was in game of thrones yes that's given the, yeah. the map he's, yeah he's, yeah. yeah okay he's he also Ming the merciless in uh, um, ash golden and um, the exorcist the exorcist yeah mm. he's father merrin from the exorcist and and i was you. thinking yep yes. yeah yeah but i was thinking it's a bit of a waste to have Max von Sydow in for that amount of time and then have him killed off. And then I thought... Do you want me, could do you want me to tell you who him? actually auditioned for the role? Was it Gary Oldman? Yeah. Uh, yes, imagine how much of a waste that would have been. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. No, that's, yeah, no, that's appalling. No, no, they couldn't do that. But I think that... Um, but imagine if they'd have got Max von Sydow to be Snoke. I think it just in a weird way. I think he would carry yeah. enough weight that you would think, oh, he's a replacement figure, bit, yeah, for the emperor. Mm. Um, whereas Snoke's sort of like just this sort of, and again because he's you know an entirely CGI creation, so you don't necessarily take it as a, I don't know, you don't take it as anything necessarily important. Yeah. Mm. So I, I don't know. Going, going back to not revealing too many spoilers, we have to leave the line of inquiry as to Snoke. Fair enough. No, I thought I thought that way. I kind of expected that to be the case because I think there's because there's certain things obviously that I feel that they put in there that we didn't have an explanation at the time but did get resolved. Mm. So if we if we approach any of those over the next two. Um, uh, episode like today and the next episode uh do be do be sure and let me know um because the one thing uh, the i mean kylo ren is very much the weirdest thing i got watching it is it was like so kylo ren is how you should have done anakin anakin yeah mm. because it's like i'm sitting there going oh it's just a moody god yeah teenager with anger issues and it's like oh so he is like his granddad he is basically yeah. he, but unfortunately he's he's anakin and not darth vader mm. but i still think that it is kylo's got the ass because he hasn't done his psychology homework for sixth form college <laughs> yeah because there's the whole thing because there's the whole thing where he's like the the, the lightsabers fucking because i mean obviously we all lost our shit because it was a lightsaber that had two little bits yeah come out like a proper sword um but equally like the lightsaber and it shimmers in, like fire yeah, it, yeah because it's meant to be that he's because it's reflecting his instability mm. and he's no. sort of oh right okay no it's just a shit saber that he built himself and because he's a bit of a moron it's damaged <laughs> Ah, right, okay. So yes, again, it's... the the kyber crystal isn't stabilized. Ah, right. So so again, we're back to this thing where it's kind of like the the shit saber. Yeah, well, they're like sort of again pretenders to a mm. previous mythology yeah. or something like that. Because I mean, if because I mean, if by this point Luke has become a myth, to you know, so obviously he's been off for a while. Um, but I mean, back to the New Hope thing, because the the because I think Ray kind of gets set up that you think she's going to be Han Solo, then you realise that actually she's Luke, so Finn essentially becomes Han Solo, which kind of makes more sense because it's 
someone who turns their back on mm. a, a anti-hero choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, I mean, yeah. being a stormtrooper is slightly different from being a smuggler, but it's still, you know, if if we're going with greed, with he shot first, you know, harm. <laughs> Well, and, not on a good path. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's the yeah. difference between being a survivalist and being someone who wants to try and do, you know, sacrifice themselves for the greater yeah. good. Yeah, Finn isn't kind yeah. of, although he becomes that way, Finn is yeah. much the, the same as Han. Yeah. He's not an idealist. He's no. like, I need to get the fuck out of <laughs> Yeah. Because actually, that interaction <laughs> with him and Poe Dameron is one of my favourite things in it. Mm. It's just, you know, it's like, well, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. I need a pilot. Right, you need a pilot. Okay, yeah. And that's... <laughs> so I think that, you know, I think that... that So, yeah, so essentially Finn ends up becoming Han. I mean, even even his interactions with BB-8, which is one of my favourite things in this, where it's like, look, I'll level with you. Mm. We're blagging this, but we will sort this it's... out if you're okay. Yeah. And you get the lovely little thumbs-up uh, cigarette light. <laughs> It, it, it is funny, like how you know some droids like that, like BB-8, it works, and the same with um, you know, Baby Yoda, Grogu, like, and mm. and yet you could have something like that, and it just would not work. It just be like, oh, that's just tacky rubbish, and yet you know sometimes it just works. It's I, I, it's hard to see exactly what it is, but yeah, it, BB-8's it's personality like comes that. across. Mm. Well, I, even even down to the fact, I mean, obviously you get. You get a the good thing is you get like a last hurrah of Han and Chewie as well, mm. and they're both great in it. But the but the interesting thing is is that again, Han in this is Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm. If you follow the New Hope analogy, so he's yeah. the one who leads Ray in. You know, sort of like is Ray passing on wisdom. Yeah. Who who then gets killed by in front of her by mm. the Darth Vader analogy? Yeah. You know, so you, you you and 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 I will come back to this when we do the next episode, and that is why when she goes and sees Luke, he's Yoda, <laughs> in so much as he has become a fucking nutter. <laughs> he's just a mental yeah. old derelict living on a tower <laughs> rather than in a swamp. Yeah. But he is Yoda. Because yeah. a lot, I, I know a lot of people will. I will, like I say, we'll come back to it when we do um, uh, last, of the, last of the Jedi. But a lot of people are like, oh, Luke wouldn't end up like that. It's like, what, you, what have you missed? Luke is Yoda now. Because Yoda's hardly all, like yeah. Yoda, Yoda went back. strange. <laughs> Yoda went very strange on Dagobah. Let's face it. But I think, um, but yeah, I. It, but the the I, I, I love. The little bits you get with Chewie, I love it when it's like the medical officers looking after him. Which is yeah, that you were very brave. brave. <laughs> and yeah, well, you really? yeah, it's just it's, and like the um, when he's telling Han to put his coat on when they're going back out into the snows and stuff like that. And it's just but yeah, that, that reminds me of one of my all-time favourite bits of this film. It's the one where they're actually on Starkiller Base with Finn. And Finn's mm. like, don't worry, we'll use the force. And that's when he goes, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing that. And he's nodding. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see, again, I think a lot of people, a lot of people sort of, that was one of the few sort of like complaints that people had against this. Because, I mean, let's face it, universally people were like, 
this is good. This is yeah. this feels like Star Wars. Mm. And weirdly enough, I think even though they tried it with having R2 and 3PO in um, the prequels, it just didn't necessarily quite have the same thing of you've got Carrie Fisher there or you've got everyone's very sort of do you know what i mean i think at that point you like you say it's definitely it's like oh it's definitely star wars because they're in it Mm. yeah it's it's much like when they start it's when uh they first brought doctor who back but then they would start mentioning like past doctors and things like that and you were like oh so it's definitely a continuation from the the original run and similarly with this, it's almost like it's like a rather than well, that's not Obi Wan Kenobi because he's not that's not um, Alec Guinness or you know where you've got because I mean literally the only person the only person who you could get in was Ian McDermott because no, no one no one else could be in it because they were either a kid or you know not I mean there was going to be I mean there was going to be the horrific thing in Attack of the Clones of a young Han Solo being. Uh, adopted by a fucking Chewie or something like that, and it's like oh, piss off. But yeah, yeah. I, just, I find like the whole crowbarring in of yeah. aspects, yeah. just the way that you were talking about. And that's why they did well with this. I thought it was a good choice to have R two in like low power mode, so you still saw him briefly. And C three PO, I think his only moment was the comedic interruption between oh, yeah. Yeah, which we get that that i laughed yeah i thought that was I, I, quite a i think a nice little call well, that it harks back to like empire strikes back yeah yeah when he was gooseberrying yeah, like, at the, uh, yeah such an important moment <laughs> yeah and, and also i just do love the thing of uh, you may not recognize me as i have a red palm now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Red Army incidentally uh, was locked off in one of the comics. Oh, was it? Okay. So and, uh, Dr. Zephra, I don't know, Dr. Afra, who's one of the comic uh, heroes in the new in the new iteration of Marvel Comics, she's got uh-huh. an assassin droid who took his arms. Mm. So he's been through the wars. <laughs> oh, that, um, I think that... Um, the, the I saw an article. This it was a weird one. It was just like not an article. Sorry, it was just like a post that someone had just put up in the week. Um, but it was just someone saying about isn't R two just staunch? Where it's like goes through goes through everything of the first three films, then barefaced denies knowing Ben Kenobi, and <laughs> plays along with that. Then carries on. Then goes and gets himself. Then you know puts up with being put in the Jabba's palace and everything. And then finally, when Luke wants to disappear, just shuts himself down. And everyone's like, "Now that's that's you know that's loyalty. That's a good try." <laughs> but I think the the good thing is is that this balances this balances the new and the old really well. In that you are overjoyed that you see the Falcon. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, wait, no, no, wait, wait. T- tell me this, right? It did feel a little bit like, how can they just get on it and fly off with it? And I, I know it's one of those details that you can sort of explain it, I'm sure, in many ways, but it did seem like just when I saw it, I was like, uh, would it just be 
ready to be powered up and fly off. And I kind of wanted them to show a bit more. I'd, I'd imagine that that thing has been hot-wired so many times you probably just need a paper clip. But yeah, possibly. To, to, get it, to get it going. There's probably just, under the console, there's probably just holes and wires. <laughs> the scrap dealer, Ungar. Ungar, Ungar. Yeah, si- Simon Pegg. Yeah, he was oh, keeping Simon it running. Pegg. Keeping it running the whole time to... Because it, according to the the other story, it was capable of doing short runs, mm. but it was costing more for it to do short runs than it was to worth keeping it. So it was always there ticking over because people were tinkering with it. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so I, I would have just, I would have just liked, yeah, a little, little more. I guess, yeah, because she sort of talks about it, like obviously it's kind of funny. She says it's um. It's a piece of junk, or yeah, like that. But it was, it was fantastic, you know, seeing it flying along the desert and going inside a star destroyer. Oh yeah, I mean, and again, those, I mean, they're those vistas like the the mm. star destroyer and the Atat and everything else like that. They're just beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's funny because they're they're grand, like the prequels had grand. Um, vistas, but yet they mm. still felt more Star Wars, you know, because I suppose I they're gritty. Well, I, think, I think it was really good in the um, the Star Wars Battlefront game, mm, the one that came yeah. out a couple of years ago. Is the whole level where you actually you're on Jakku and it's the battle, and you actually see mm. the Star Destroyer come down over you whilst you're <laughs> battling. That's oh, a wow. good level. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's sort of well done. Not. In real time, but you actually you see it break up and it is heading down over you throughout the entire battle. Oh wow, that's that's really neat. That's, but yeah. the trouble is with that game Battlefront is I'm absolutely rubbish at it because I spend too much time looking around. <laughs> Just at looking everything. at things. Yeah, it's a feast for the eyes, but you've got yeah. some bastard who shoots you in the back. So, <laughs> see, this is this is where we, this is the uh, this is where we need to return to the good old days of Grand Theft Auto London. Where you're just like an overhead shot of some of a grid, basically. <laughs> so you're not distracted by like, oh look, there's an advertising thing over there. Or 32-bit icons. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, also we get a we get a cantina moment, I suppose, at Maz uh, Katana's uh, drinking yeah. establishment, her illegal boozer armor. Right, you've led me to my next question, which is, how, how did she end up with Luke Skywalker's lightsaber? She'll explain uh, that. Which I there was think the was... whole. There was supposed to be a film section at the beginning of the film. See, when mm. before it came out, there was a whole action figure promotion, and two of the figures they released was Luke Skywalker in Bespin gear and Darth Vader. Because okay. they got people in to recreate the roles when Ray has a vision. She mm. actually sees the battle on Bespin and you see the hand coming off. And right at the very beginning of the whole film, when you see the Imperial Star Destroyer blocking out the yeah. planet, you were supposed to see before that the hand floating through space with the lightsaber and it was supposed to dissolve from the past to modern time and you were mm, supposed to see the okay. journey of how it landed on the planet that 
Cloud City is in orbit around. Mm -hmm. It landed there and it passed through junk dealers and locals. Mm -hmm. But for reasons because we can't discuss future films, the hand was also <laughs> taken by somebody. Okay. Right. So she managed to get it because she goes all around the universe and she happened to pick it up. But she is also supposed to be false sensitive, mm. but they cut it out. So that's why she knew what it was and why she took it and why she kept hold of it. But they cut okay. out her false sensitivity bit. And so there is a reason that they stopped it out. Yeah, well, I would have quite liked it if, if they had that in there then. Yeah, because uh, I'll tell you another time explanation is always a bit of a bloody. That's always a bit of a cheat. It's much yeah. the same. It's much the same as. Um, it's not quite as bad as lampshading, but it's the same sort of. It's the same sort of thing, and it's like, oh, that looks shit. Yes, it does. So, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's also because she's like she's, you know, we've never heard of her before either. So it just felt a bit like, you know, I mean, that's fair enough. And nobody that I've ever heard of could have his lightsaber, but it just seemed like that's such an important artifact. I'd yeah, like was, a few more details. Yeah, that we yeah, that no, makes sense. Mm. But yeah, you, so. You... Oh, one one thing, just quickly, because I'm sure this would just be. Did Han Solo owe money to Culture Club? <laughs> That's what it fucking sounds like. I was like, does he owe Boy George money? What what's going on? Because it's. What is it, Culture Club? No, it's not. Is those the, 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 no, 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 that's that not that, That's uh, bad news, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's bad Country news. Club. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's talking to that Scottish guy who's saying that you're all Culture Club, 6,000 credits. He was in that, oh, what was it? That series, oh, semi-historical, that's on Netflix. Uh, oh. The Last Kingdom, is it, or something like that? Oh, right, okay, could be. He's in that. He plays, oh, I've forgotten his name, the, the priest. He's one of the oh, priests okay. in that. Sorry, I just thought I mentioned that. On, on, that subject, though, <laughs> on that subject of uh, sort of, you know, little bit part actors and stuff like that, I was so pleased to see Pip Torrens as one of the Imperial officers, because to my mind, much more than let's get Han and Chewie back, let's get, you know, Anakin's lightsaber back or any of that, that felt like this is someone who truly knows Star Wars because Pip Torrens is one of those people who just appears in loads and loads of television all the time and he's exactly like, say, Michael Sheard or Julian Glover in yeah. the in the original films, where it's like, oh yeah, it would be a British actor. Probably, you know, you'll know them. You might not yeah. be able to name them, but <laughs> like Don Henderson as well, where they're just like, you know, it, he just feels like the right level of yeah. fame to be playing an imperial officer. So, <laughs> sorry, that was yeah, just. Cheered me up rather remarkably. Um, does um, does Maz Katana come back at any point? Well, you, you see her briefly in the next film. Uh huh. You see her on a video call. Ah, oh, right. Okay. But doesn't she start because... to help out the resistance? Like a bit more. 
I mean, she's kind of, I suppose she's kind of there at the moment, isn't she? Yeah. I think in in the next film, on the video call, she's she's on a mission with them, Mm. I think. I can't can't remember. The one I remember the least is the last one, because I thought I was dying in the pictures at that time when I went to see it. Oh, dear. So I just thought (laughs) I was a little bit distracted. Yes. Call yourself a Star Wars fan. (laughs) I, I but, didn't give um, a shit when I thought I was no, dying. No, fair enough. <laughs> it's like, well, actually, you're just you're just sitting there going, look, if I can just make it to the end, at least I've not missed the last, the last of the trip. No, this was at the trip. very beginning of the, oh. the last um, at Rise of Skywalker, and I, I'd easily, I don't know what happened for the first half hour. <laughs> so. I haven't watched it since, so I'm going to be watching it when we cover it. I, I so. guess you were a bit, a bit uh, put off. I wasn't put off. It was just a case of, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to watch them all again in one go mm. to get the whole experience. And so you're just having to find the time for doing three films all in one go. So Yeah. I mean, the, I mean that's the... I mean, this is definitely this is the first time I've seen this since I watched it at the cinema. Mm. So, you know, watching watching this this week was my second ever viewing of the Force Awakens. Mm. Um, I don't remember it. The one thing I would say, don't remember it being quite as long. Mm. Um, but um, but equally, most of it sort of like I'd still sort of retained and stuff like that. The interesting thing, and this is something that kind of harks back from when we were doing, when we started doing the original trilogy, and it's like, well, we can't say this is the first appearance of Yoda because he's been in the, you know, he's been a main character for three films. Uh, Or this isn't the first appearance of Boba Fett because we've seen him as a kid and stuff like that. And again, I think that was the one thing that I got this, that that I sort of missed this time around is just that joy of seeing everyone back mm. because I've been watching them for, yeah. you know, regularly. This Basically, since the start of this year, I've just been re-watching, yeah. you know, re-watching the films. So in a weird way, I haven't been, it hasn't been that long since I saw Chewie or Han mm. or Leia. So, you know, okay, yeah. they're, you know, they're older and have moved on in terms of, character and plot and stuff like that but i didn't get that same feeling of it's like oh my god it's them they're fucking yeah back. yeah you know which i think was such an important part of that mm. first book viewing i think yeah definitely. one unfortunate shame of this film is that peter mayhew was very unstable on his mm. limbs so he only does the extreme close-up shots and the sitting down shots mm. Right. All movement shots, not him, unfortunately. But yeah, it's the, his it's replacement the, is he actually did um, loads of tutoring with Peter Mayhew mm. just to mm. get the eyes wrong, you know. Yeah, well, he, he also he's the guy. He's the guy who now is Chewy, isn't he? Because he was the one yeah. in Solo. Yeah, and yeah, I think he's. Although apparently he even he's not actually he's actually shorter than Peter Mayhew. Because Peter yeah, Mayhew was, was just seven foot, I think. Whereas Peter Mayhew yeah. was taller. Yeah, but Peter yeah, Mayhew Peter got like taller, didn't he? or something, wasn't he? And it's yeah, like, so like, yeah. But but still, I think he's. I think that guy's got. He's got the. He's got the thing. 
he's got the role right and everything. Because mm, what was yeah. it? I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. I was um, actually. I think it was in. I think it might have been an interview with uh, Simon Pegg, possibly, where um, like Chewie came in and he hugged him. Oh yeah, that's because a radio just, interview. Oh, that's on YouTube, isn't it? It's a yes, radio yeah. interview short. Yeah. Yeah, and he said that he he hugged him, and then the guy who now plays you, whose name I cannot remember for the life of me, um, but he um, Jonas, he said, he, Jonas, and he, but he started, yeah, he started talking to some people, and it's like, oh, shh, shh, just be chewing. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I can yeah. actually, I went to London Film and Comic Con, mm-hmm. uh, must have been in two thousand and fourteen. And this was at Milton. No, no, it wasn't the London one. It was the Milton Keynes one. And there was a guy there who was seven foot something in the full Chewbacca costume with one of the best voice things. You know, the speaker yeah. was actually in the back of his mouth. And I went and had a photo and a cuddle. And I tell you what, I've never felt my heart warm so much <laughs> as being oh. cuddled by a seven foot man sweating in a Chewbacca costume, and he was patting my head and going, and everything like that. And I was like, oh, I love this. It's like therapy. And my uncle accidentally wiped the photos off his digital camera. Oh, no. That's what we need. We need that. There we go. There's there's a new thing. We we could start our own um, school of mental health medicine (laughs) with with therapy walkies. Mm. Who just come I tell you, and... it would work. It would absolutely I think, I think work it because would. It, was, it was it was like 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 cuddling a little hairy dog. Yeah, a little well, scrappy oh, dog. Quite, it was that kind quite, of quite a large dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, when you when you cuddle a little dog, and then you get that heartwarming feeling. It was exactly the same with the giant killer Wookie. Hold on, I'm just going to go find myself a dog. <laughs> I got to test this. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I think another thing that's that I'm it was nicer to pick up on because you know I'm like the saying sort of like you, you lose some of that nostalgia thing because you just because we've been watching the the films through so it's like yeah. But there was one thing that's come out and obviously we've sort of talked about how they really go on uh, you know they've really sort of brought to the fore about droids being a second-class citizen, you know, essentially yeah. a, you know, a, a discriminated against race. Um, mm, yeah. So it's very telling at the start that Ray is nice to BBI. Yeah. But not 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 in a patronising sort of like, oh, come with me and be a pet sort of way, but yeah. just like, no, get off him. He's a sentient creature. Right, I'll sort your aerial out. Now, fuck off. Yeah. You know, and sort of... <laughs> You know, which sort of puts it. You know, you you get the you get the impression of how she is as a person. Mm. Um, yeah. But there's definitely, you know, there's a distinct sort of like the fact that it's a a kindness expressed that isn't necessarily all over the place. Because I mean, even you know, she does think she does momentarily think about selling him for all the uh, inflatable yeah, yeah, bread, which is understandable. Offers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because, well, I mean, you can never have too much inflatable bread. Yeah. We all need... <laughs> but um, what, what I quite liked, all of those interactions, like that one with Ray and BB-8, I think 
it was good for adults. It was good enough, but also it was very clear for children to be able to follow what's going on. Mm, yeah, it did seem like they got the balance well. Yeah, they've definitely oh, yeah. They've, they've they've stepped it away a bit from. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Those those frogs have started a trade embargo. <laughs> yeah. on the boat. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> dad, dad, dad. What's what's a trade embargo? <laughs> what's a blockade? <laughs> you know, whereas this, it's like bad people were looking for that robot, and they've mm. helped him. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, we're, we're clear. We're clear. Also, like, the first scene, the first scenes, like when, when Kylo turns up on that planet, it mm. distinctly draws the line in the sand between who is good and who is bad. Mm. Yeah. When it's just sitting yeah. slaughtering all those innocents. Yeah. So that, that you need that right at the very beginning to establish that because in Phantom Menace, you sit there and go, all right, well, why is there a trade embargo? Mm. What did the, the people of Naboo there's, do? There's a, a lot of that? questions yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing... I, I, um, I wasn't too sure about the comedy between Poe and Kylo. I, I was like, oh, is it going to be good? And then it, by the end, even by the end of that scene, I sort of thought, actually, I quite like it. And I, I wondered if they were trying to be a little bit more Marvel-esque because... They'd done a very good job over, the, I think, the previous few years of having comedy in. And Star Wars did have certainly some comedy, but it wasn't quite as blatant up against Darth Vader, you know, in that sort of way. Um, See, for me, it kind of added more to the you're dealing with kids. Yeah. You know, they, they were one step away from going, yeah, your mum. Well, yeah. You know, that's. Yeah. that's that's what I got from it. Yeah, that's, that's a bit. I mean, it turns out it's Poe's character as well. I think he does some more jokes in the next yeah. one or two. And yeah, I yeah. think it's all right. That's I, where I, I sort of was. It, it, that's when yeah, I thought that's that was it. enough. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like I, I was wondering at that point. Okay, how far they're going to go? And obviously, one thing that is quite controversial. We may talk about Luke in the next one and some of his actions. But so it's like, yeah, I was just uh, the first jokes. I was like, oh, how far are they going to take this? And in this one, I thought it was quite good. I, th yeah. I think they, t I think they take it to the logical extension that it's just, it's, for want of a better expression, it's bravado. Mm, yeah, yeah. And also, there is an element where, if your choice is kill or be captured by the Empire, maybe you would try and press it. Yeah. Because, because let's face it, he's a reactionary little dick. So you're probably you only about, to, yeah. you're about three taunts away from getting stabbed. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's almost that element to it. I don't know. But I know what you mean, because I think, because certainly I know, again, you know, we don't want to sort of get ahead of ourselves, but I know in the next film, there was a lot of people were saying that it got too far where he was doing the collect call fucking bit yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. you know. And understandably but i don't think they they made too much of a too much of a sort of thing about it um but certainly i think in this it's done it's done to the right level and for the right amount of time mm. without it getting into the, without it getting into the unbelievableness of kylo ren hasn't cut his head off yeah 
you know, where, which, well, you know, let's face it, you're not far from, probably. You've got to bear in mind, a lot of people that complain about these things complained of the fact that the close-up shot of Ray's staff had a crosshead screw head on it. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. And they wouldn't have that in that universe. Well, so, there's sort of, do you know, to be honest, it's the sort of buttons. <laughs> well, it's also it's the sort of people who needlessly give podcasts a poor rate in saying misca- miscounting the number of people involved and misattributing their accent. So you know, I think it's you know these people. So yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm lost. Me, I don't know what you're oh, talking oh, about. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we had a review on Welcome to Horror, but we think it was after the first um, Moss Eisley came out, uh, where yeah. someone said uh, the review was something like, dreadful, just two cockneys giggling down a microphone. And it's like, it's fucking, I mean, either, there's either three or four of us at any given point, <laughs> you know. So you've, that, on that one, you've miscalculated. It's, they, their punctuation was pretty poor, and I think their spelling was wrong as well. So and I'm going to take. have it no idea what a cockney is. Yes, so I'm going to take it with a pinch of bullshit. So <laughs> um, I know, I know, and uh, Claire certainly felt that uh, Poe and Finn were flirting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, and again, I think this is something that I think we're back to. Um, that's that's definitely an internet fan thing mm. of like well, well i can't remember which one of them is but one of them is pansexual like lando calrissian is oh, i can't right. remember okay. which one of them is so oh, fair. okay but i mean in ter- uh, it has to be said i think in terms of um like of like so you've got um oscar isaacs john boyega uh, daisy ridley and adam driver I think that they really, you know, everyone's fucking great. Mm. And the one thing I got yeah. watching it was the feeling of I, I like the idea that you're handing over to these people. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it I, to I makes a lot of sense. Everyone kind of felt right to be there and doing the, you know, the characters felt right. I don't think they, they didn't have as much, you know, in the prequels you get a lot of clunkiness. Mm. Of you know of various characters, um, but I think with this is that everyone felt everyone feels right that they're there and they feel like they are going to be a continuation of the um, of the people that you uh, of the characters you enjoyed in the mm. original trilogy. Yeah, because I mean yeah. you've got stuff. Like, I mean Ray is like the most capable person in it, <coughs> and not just and not just in terms of like being able to use the false on Daniel Craig. Mm. Um, which which again, <laughs> once you once you know it's Daniel Craig, it's so clearly Daniel Craig because it's just his voice. Yeah, the, the body <laughs> language is all over it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, but again, this and again I think that's something that's quite nice is that you've got people making the films and yeah, let's face it, Daniel Craig, I think he'd done what, three Bond films at this point? You know, so he's a fairly big name, should we say. And yet it's like, can I come and be in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, you can be in Star Wars. Yeah, all right. I'll do that. I'd much prefer that. You know, and it's and he's, you know, he's not credited in it or anything else like that. And I think again, it's just 
a lot of people conflating together with a real love and want to make it well. I also yeah. think this is again taking that sort of Doctor Who parallel is they brought Doctor Who back for the TV movie in 96 with uh, Paul McGann and that failed to ignite a new series or spin off a new series. And I think that weirdly enough, one of the best things that J.J. Abrams and the people putting the new trilogy together had was the prequels because they yeah. could look back and just go, well, that didn't work for me. Mm. That was the stuff that didn't work for audiences. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's almost in a way that you've had someone tread the path before you and stumble. So, you know, not, you know, you, it gives you quite a blueprint of what not to do as much as what, you, you know, what you want to go and do. Mm. And uh, means you can sort of steer clear of any of the, the sort of crappy bits or whatever. Yeah. But uh, also, now we covered um, last episode of Welcome to Horror, we covered Attack the Block, which obviously had uh, John uh, Boyega, okay. his first film appearance. And this was an anecdote that I was going to tell on there, but it's definitely, it obviously suits this so much better. Do you know about John Boyega at the premiere of this? No. Um, basically, he no. got tickets. He got tickets for all his mates, and told them and said, "Oh yeah, I'm in the new Star Wars film, but I'm only like I'm playing a stormtrooper. I'm not in it much." <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, that, they came out, and they're that all would just be like, pretty good. "Yeah." They're, they've just all gone absolutely fucking mental, obviously, on the red mm. carpet because they're like, you weren't in it much. You know, he's just, it's just, yeah. And I just love, apparently, because um, a lot of people, when they got the roles, obviously, it's sort of quite hush-hush and everything else mm. like that. And I think they I think they said um, John Boyega managed to not tell anyone except a cab driver. <laughs> So apparently, I think it was just that excited that mm. it was just sort of like, yeah. But again, I mean, that's, um, I think that's just beautiful, especially, mm. you know, you say, well, I'm not in it much, but do you want to come and see the new Star Wars? And it's like, yeah, well, they're obviously just like, well, we get to see the new Star Wars film. And then they don't realise that actually our mate's like, <laughs> the, essentially one of the leads. So, <laughs> yeah. Um so I think I think having seen him in this first before Attack the Block probably mm. made me more positive towards Attack the Block. Perhaps it's it's much harder oh, to you know to view it mm. um, neutrally. But yeah, I I guess I didn't dislike him as much as I may have done. I well I think yeah at, at that point you've got a you know it's a it's a recognisable yeah person. Whereas, whereas he know, wouldn't have been in two thousand eleven. No, I mean this. This was the thing is, I mean, watching Attack the Block for um, for the last episode, it was the first time I've watched it since the since the Force Awakens and the well since this trilogy have been out, and also the first time I've watched it since Jodie Whittaker, Jodie Whittaker became the Doctor. Mm. So it was quite a weird one to sort of go back, and it's like, wow, this would have been, you know, I would have viewed this utterly differently to how I now how I yeah. now watch it. Apparently John Boyega was um, initially just going to use his English accent. Um, yeah. But they, 
they sort of like felt sort of like they started filming like that and then they said no probably do it in american accent but that pretty much follows that star wars mm. culture isn't it the rebels are american and the empire are english so, yeah <laughs> you know so the whole civil war days <laughs> yeah and you've got uh, obviously and again another sort of Again, it's a character that kind of goes nowhere is Phasma, Captain Phasma, like Gwendolyn yeah. Christie. And it's a shame because it's I think that's one of those ones where it's like, I wonder if you were younger, just the look of the character would be enough. A bit like how everyone's she, obsessed she with Boba Fett. Fett. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that that. I mean, she has got a good expanded universe like Boba Fett. Mm, okay. Mm. So, um, yeah, I I wanted so much more for the character. Yeah. It's funny, in my head, she did I mean, more, I, though. So somehow she did still get yeah. across an idea of her importance. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, well, it's, again, it's, it's quite a good thing when, because obviously now we've got so many different... Um, versions of stormtroopers so you've got mm, yeah. um the dark troopers and death troopers and so on and so forth so it's like it makes sense to have a clearly discernible um like ranking officer mm. do you know why she's got that different uniform absolutely no idea it was awarded to her by the First Order for her mass slaughters on Naboo. It's mm. made of the oh. same stuff they make their spaceships out of. They're oh, shiny, reflective. Big, yeah, they're big mirror spaceships. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I know she's. I know she's called Phasma because I think it was JJ Abrams said that the outfit reminded him of uh, Phantasm, like the balls in Phantasm, yeah. mirror balls in Phantasm. Um, but Again, I think sort of much like the Max von Sydow thing, I think there's there's a few people, there's a few characters where you hope for more. Mm. But like we said, yeah. like we were saying, I mean, like like you say, Boba Fett is much more of a star because of other things that spun off from the media rather than, you know, certainly rather more than how much he does in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, the only the only other note. I mean, Star Killer Base, obviously a death is obviously just the Death Star part part three, mm. um, and again, it's sort of yeah. I mean that 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 side of things, but then I you know it's it is what it is. I don't think there's there's only so much they can do because I think did I, you, I, it did, gave me a feeling did they of... shoot their load early with the Death Star. Yeah, like that is the thing. Yeah. It's like, where do you go after that? But I, and I sort of thought about it, obviously, when I first saw it in the film, watching it the first time, I thought, oh, that's a little bit mm. not great. You are doing that same thing again, but a step higher. But thinking about it, it's kind of interesting, sucking up a star to shoot it out. That's where they're getting the energy yeah. from. Because essentially that is yeah. where, you know, civilization needs to go. We need to be able to harness that sun way more than we do. You know, we get mm. like a zero point zero 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 percent, one percent of our sun's energy that we can effectively use, and eventually we would want to get to one hundred percent, and that is essentially where they've got to. So it sort of follows science as sci-fi should. Oh yeah, 
I, and if I you mean, try and fly a spaceship into the center of it, you melt. <laughs> that's very true. Um, not if you go at night. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I'll just nip off and shoot myself. But um, <laughs> but actually, and I love the, I love the the sort of use of that as a thematic thing. Mm. Where it's like rather than a countdown somewhere, yeah, it's how long it's, the sun lasts, yeah, and then they take that even deeper by it's the it black it like it goes dark at the point yeah. that Kylo Ren does, mm. like where he decides to choose the dark side is yeah. at the same point that the light completely goes, and you know it's. So it's 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 nice that it works on sort of so many that that aspect of it does work on so many levels. Mm. Although I did, again, much much like the idea that it's like you sort of watching it now and you've still got basically the empires after a dongle. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, but it, it was that lovely moment as well where it's like, but how would you power a weapon like that? It harnesses the power of the sun, <gasps> and everyone's like, <gasps> like that. And it's like, come on, you must have solar fucking energy. You've got laser swords. Why have you not got that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of it's a bit half and half. I understand it, and it's quite nice because it gives you it gives you the best of both worlds in so much as you've got a base on a planet rather than because the Death Star can only be an interior. And yeah. at that point, you know, whereas this, you know, you've got the the fact that it is an actual um you've got the fact that it is an actual uh existing planet that they've mm -hmm. basically channeled out and to you know and decided to drive it around the universe picking up women. <laughs> yeah. so that's that's also I like I like the, the symbolism and the when they drain a planet, they're all standing there on the surface, standing shoulder to shoulder, watching it die. Mm. As uh, then yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, better crack on and do some killing. Yep, right, torture. So they break over. <laughs> all right, break it up, everyone. It's like right, we're going to the we're going to the surface to watch the draining of the sun. Smoke them if you got them. Um, <laughs> Picnics on the green. Yes. <laughs> a bit absolutely lovely. Um, I'm just I'm just having a, a look through my notes. I tell I tell you what. I mean, I I said that there was a there was a loss of the nostalgia thing. That said, the amount of times I've got uh, just a one word and an exclamation mark. So Falcon exclamation mark Leia exclamation mark. Admiral Akbar, Vinnum, Pan and fucking Chewy. <laughs> I think well, like saying about the nostalgia, I think what was good watching it again now was that it still works. It wasn't just the nostalgia that that was. Yeah. It, it was it was almost like yeah. it almost felt like you're seeing someone that perhaps you haven't seen since childhood. So it was like mm. the sort of idea of nerves. And in a way it was the actors themselves, I guess, hadn't may not have seen each other you know that much yeah. you, you you definitely get that mm. feeling i mean 
almost like it's the, real. The bits with the bits with um, Han Lion mm. are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That said, that said, me and Claire have started referring to Ted as our son because we just thought that's a bit fucking weird. You know, you'd say I saw Ben. You wouldn't say poor <laughs> our son. And what was our son doing? Our son was walking around with a bucket on his head and a big flickery laser saber. But but wait, 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 but, but the, the, the only the only reason that, that might make more sense is because he kind of has changed from their son to this new yes. thing. So to refer to him as that perhaps is a way for them to remind yeah. themselves. He'll always our he'll always still. be their son, but yeah. then Solo is now yeah. on the dark side. Yeah. Um, so maybe, um, but I quite liked that he did take his helmet off because I guess they didn't have to do that. He, they could have left him, but I think that added to the fact that is he going to become good again? You know, because like he mm. hasn't fully changed, so that he wants to keep his helmet on the whole time. He's still willing to show, you know, that he's human. Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked that, I... that decision. Because I like actually during the the interrogation sequence mm. between him and Ray when he first takes the mask off, and Ray does the same thing that you as an audience member does, mm. in that you're expecting him to be, to be uh, <laughs> disfigured, yeah, like or Darth Vader injured. essentially, yeah, yeah, and then he's quite a pleasant, and then he's, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just comes off, and it's yeah, it's like you know. Shop is uh, pound shop Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so, you know, but it was described to me as someone who tried to draw Keanu Reeves from memory. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, it has to be said is that I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. So I'm just going to say there is an internet phrase that was derived, derived purely to describe Adam Driver, and it's now been applied to other men, and that's called ugly hot. Where someone is so ugly, all their individual things is ugly, but together, right? But you end up hot. being hot, yeah. And then there's hot ugly, which is, for example, Channing Tatum, who has all the hot parts, but together, ugly. Doesn't oh, fair work. enough. Okay. Well, there, there we go. That was our pop culture advisor there. Um, <laughs> I still like ugly. Fugly, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Fugly is always fun. Fun with fugly. I. Because I mean that—that's—that's that's the one thing I remember, and and I'll—I'll I'll be honest, I'll, I don't think Adam Driver's aimed at me, um, you know, in terms of in terms of a good looking uh, good looking young man. Uh, I don't think he's aimed at me, but I do recall because I didn't know when I first watched this, I didn't know who Adam Driver was, mm. and the mask came off, and it was like, oh, head on, it's a bit of a shot, and um, <laughs> uh, I did sort of query. How does two of the best-looking people in, you know, twentieth-century cinema produce someone, you know, where it's, it's but you know, pe people seem to like it. I don't know. He's had hard life, bless him. He has. He has. You know. Well, this is the it thing. Is because did, did you know what? Do you know what his middle name is? No. Designated. And. That has just led him to a series of mishaps and problems whereby he's always having to just ferry drunken people around. It's tragic, really. <laughs> I, I apologise for that. His real, his real name is. 
<laughs> it, Wouldn't it be, be great known. if his middle? It'd be brilliant if his middle name is Swiver. Adam Swiver Driver. <laughs> must be the uh, the time yeah. of the the night we've got to. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. This is this is, def- this is definitely uh, in- implying a decline, and maybe we need to start wrapping up. The only other thing that would be good as his middle name is, of course, Adam. So then it'd just be Adam, Adam Driver. Adam, Adam Driver. I don't know why. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, with this, I think we've I, hit I the just... law of diminishing returns. That was definitely the return of the Jedi, that fucking joke. <laughs> so... I've, I've got one more one more thing I that I did quite I like was Darth Vader's um, helmet. Yes. Which, which I, you know, it worked as a trailer piece, but also I just I quite liked it. It's an artifact. It's mangled. Mm. Uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like that under a glass case in the yeah. living room. Yeah. It's, um, well, also, it's just, again, like you were saying at the start, Wes, it's that whole thing of people, you know, almost like hero worshipping, you know, if nothing else, Kylo Ren has decided he's going to be the new Darth Vader. So he's yeah. got, so he's got grand, his granddad's twisted helmet on display yeah. in his room. Are you doing um, yeah, deliberately? <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. I can't help it. I mean, we, we did very well during the blood on the helmet moments. So, you know. Well, I, me, I, 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 I nearly thought I was going to, Laugh, but I didn't. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought we were going to take. I thought we were going to take it back to certain news stories, but we won't because that's wow. just fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would say I agree with Chris when he was saying about it's like seeing old friends and that, and because yeah. that I think for me was what made the very fleeting. And I, well, people complained. I thought it was just the right amount of Luke. For the first mm, film yeah. to build up to yes. yeah. especially when you've got Ray with all the tears in her eyes reaching out, mm. you know, for a new hope, as it were, for Luke and him just yeah. looking like he mm. doesn't understand. And I thought yeah. that was a great way of ending that. Because you know, it is a film of each film concentrates on the three. Mm. And yeah. obviously. This one was Han Solo's film, hence why he was pushed to the front of it. Also, I think the good thing is by having Han, it is again by intro- you get to introduce. Possibly, you're introducing this to new fans, mm. yeah. and Han is definitely the most obviously accessible character yeah. because you know. Leia is a general in the resistance and Luke is a mythical knight. Yeah. So, you know, the guy may have gone crazy. Han, Han is still quite <laughs> ordinary yeah. and, you know, humorous. And he is a very good in-road into Yeah, he plays off the well others really well. Yeah. Mm. It is a really well-chosen... And actually, hit that, that little unit of him, Chewie, Finn and Ray, Mm. Oh, fucking brilliant! Is yeah. you know, it's, I mean, yeah. obviously within the ba- within the bounds of the film, we know what happens and everything, but just that little that little unit of them four is fucking great. I think mm. they really work so well together, and oh, yeah, yeah, it's a shame that it has to end, but yeah, it's part of the process. 
another thing about the one last thing about the humor sort of side of things and this is one again i don't have a problem with it is um i do love the stormtroopers fucking off in the other direction when kylo ren's having a shit fit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where it's just like i'll leave, no, we, leave we know what's going on yeah it's, yeah they are for fuck's sake come on let's have a yeah. cup of tea <laughs> it's, it's definitely i think that's uh, again i think they're definitely bringing the more sort of like the background characters are getting more mm. of a personality and and because let's face it you know i mean it's bad enough being a stormtrooper do you do you really want to get in the way of you know stroppy anakin part two mm. so <laughs> But I think, yeah, I think from my, I think from my side of things, I think that's all my notes. Why is any any last bits um, and pieces? Poe po has a black X-wing. Yes, was, he does. Also, because wasn't from what I gather, he was meant to die in mm, yeah. the Tie Fighter, wasn't he? And yes, yeah. yeah, and then they and um, decided then, to bring him. Oh, okay. Mm. Finn was supposed to be resuscitated later in the film by Jakku locals. Mm. That was when Jakku was supposed to be an ice planet. <laughs> ah, yes. Hence the attack, which was always in the original draft. Mm. Ah, right. Okay. But, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. All terrain armor transport, so it could be any location. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very true. But the. Um, yeah, because I. Um, yeah, I think they they originally had intended to get, which is weird because once you know that, you can sort of see how quickly Poe is brought back into it. Because mm. although he's, I mean, although he's part of the raiding party, there's nothing that's, um, I don't know what's the word, it's sort of unique to him mm. yeah. as a character. So it's you can sort of see that that would have just been whatever team of X-Wing pilots that were going to be doing that. But it does give you that sense of it's a, a, another character rather than a bunch of guys in X-Wings who you don't necessarily know or care about, you know. And I've got one more thing to bring up. Sorry? I've got one more thing to bring up. Go on, sir. The most awesomest coat in the whole of the universe. Is that Poe Dameron's or is that? That's a brilliant coat. And do you know who I've seen Dameron. wear one? Earl Slick. Uh, He's got one. Earl Slick. You watch, yeah, you watch the when Bowie passed away, you watch the interviews yeah. they did on BBC Two. Earl Slick is wearing Finn's coat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, yeah, he uses me. Holy oh, shit, I never even noticed that. It's I a mean, replica one as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean that. I mean that's that's interesting as well. Is like I hadn't remembered that they leave Finn unconscious mm. at the end of this. There's no, you know, there's no resolution of whether he's going to make it or anything. I mean, you assume he does because he's. You, well, we know he does, but yeah, I'd yeah. forgotten that they left it like that. I just assumed, you know, because because let's face it, he gets um, pretty heftily sliced up it's all his back gets proper raked up doesn't it yeah so you know i mean let's face it i can't imagine a lightsaber up your spines a particularly <laughs> fucking health, healthy um you can uh, have some ribs that are no longer attached i think 
Mm. Mm. But was it a blood eagle or something like Ooh. that kind of affair yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. And I oh, think just the, give me a backache. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing: is all the fights in this are fucking vicious. Mm. I yeah. mean, when Ray gets thrown into the tree, that looks like that fucking hurt <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think the uh, the one last thing is, and again, this was sort of like stuff I'd seen online, but it was one of the few is one of the few complaints that I kind of agreed with, which is. Um, someone said uh, Leia should have hugged Chewie not Ray when they got back um, uh, although uh, uh, my uh, my resident Carrie Fisher expert uh, did explain to me that uh, no Leia knows who needs a hug mm. so, That's, uh, that is a, a very empathic point well made there yeah. mm. because yeah. Chewie runs off mm. you actually Chewie, goes, it, Chewie goes off, off. To, he's, yeah, because he's, he's got taking Finn through. Yeah, he's yeah. taking Finn through to the medical office, and he might be off to flirt with that medical. With the medical, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was very brave. I was a brave uh-huh. again. Have you ever? There was. Do you want a, do you want a penguin? From, I've got penguins all down me, down me, me strap yeah. here. Do you want? So, also, the one of the bottom fisherman's friends. Ooh. Um, also, are you telling me that that's the first time that uh, Harms ever shot his bowcaster? Come, that's well, like it, it. wouldn't surprise me. I mean, don't, don't touch another man's gun. <laughs> I've never used my brother's pencil. That's true. And we yes. fell out the same hole. Fucking <laughs> hell! <laughs> well, well, I, th- I, th- I think I think we should get onto the ratings system here. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I was going to suggest um, lighter thumbs up as as our rating system, unless anyone's got a better better one for it. What one was that? Sorry, uh, a a, um, a lighter thumbs up. You know, BB 8s little fag lighter thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, I like that one. It's pretty cute. Either that- yeah, either that or bloody helmets. I don't know which is the, which is the truth. I think you'd like a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll stick with yeah. like a thumbs up so that we can actually explain it to we're, anyone we're, under the age. We need a way to go above the Death Star still. You can't, <laughs> you can't go bloody helmets just yet. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. As, to be honest, the one, the one that everyone seemed to love the most were chicken lizards. Mm. Way way back in uh, Attack. <laughs> How many chicken I, lizards? I, still like, I like Grogu snacks. That was a good one. <laughs> Grogu snacks is good. Yeah, but and Wookie um, Wookie Wookie Pup. Yeah, because what well, he got to sponge the walls down, as we know. I mean, the more I look back on this, this is this is this has really been a groundbreaking intellectual and thorough study. I'm beginning to suspect that review was kind of on the on the on the money. <laughs> <laughs> there was more of us in there. well as uh, as he is uh, he who must not be mentioned um, but no uh, our our lovely false ghost uh, Mr Lee who is still with us and his presence has been felt because uh, it's his birthday soon so we've all mm. been feeling his presence right? <laughs> so, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what the jokes you've reached the stratosphere we're going higher I'll tell you <laughs> Um, 
Mr. Lee has given this a rating of 7.5 lighter thumbs up out of 10. So I personally am going slightly higher with that. I'm going to go with eight thumbs up lighters out of 10. Uh, Chris, what I'm, do you what, what say you, sir? I'm going to join you at the eight because uh, I think it, I haven't watched it for the second time. It still held up. It was still fun and there was still some depth. Yeah. Yep. And it set oh, the yeah. scene for the next one to come. Yes. And what about you, Mr. Smith? Mr. Smith? I would have to agree, an eight. Ooh. There we go. So it's almost, almost eights across the board. That is... They're the hardest eight. numbers to add together. Yeah, I know. Now it's now it's completely confusing. Lee's you throwing a point five in there again. Oh, oh he's. I oh, know. He's, he's only. He's only done that to <laughs> curse me. He is a troublemaker. Well, I'm, I'm beginning to suspect he might be more Sith than Jedi, the bastard. <laughs> so sixteen. What's sixteen? Twenty-four. What's twenty-four plus seven point five? Thirty-one point five. Fuck yep. me! I did it. Blimey! I tell you what. <laughs> I'll start, I'm, I might start doing the maths on countdown. <laughs> So there we go. Thirty-one and a half lighter thumbs up. For, That's a respectable for start the, for the Force Awakens, which is definitely a respectable start. And uh, I still, I, th I think that's still ranking a lot better than any of the prequels, certainly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. The highest prequel was twenty-nine chicken lizards. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The uh, the chicken the chicken lizards won that one. So yeah. But um, finger licking chicken lizards, finger licking good. So um, it just remains for me to say thank you to everyone for listening. Um, join us next time for um, the Last Jedi. Took me a moment there; I couldn't remember uh, the bloody name of it. So, <laughs> and we should mention Wesley's upcoming new podcast, yes. as yet unexplained. Yes. Yeah, which would be will that be up by the time this this is out, sir? I think if we do uh, yours next Sunday, up, a week today. So, so yeah. So mm. actually, yeah. So yeah. it would have been out for two days, and if you've not been listening to it, what the fuck have you been <laughs> doing? So yes, do you want to give us a, br a brief rundown uh, of your first episode, um, sir? What you, what's covering on the first it's one? It's about the. It's the story of the Bell Witch haunting. Mm. Nice. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's basically me just reading the story, not with this voice, with my proper voice. Mm, which is very good. Understand I've, it. I've heard the trailer. Very smart. All good. Yeah, all good, clean fun. The, uh... <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, there's only six episodes, so you've only got to stick at stick at it for six weeks, and that's it. It's done. That's what we said about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so but no, is... on where you find on. this one, you'll find that one. So yeah, and it's as yet unexplained. Mm. So yep. everyone go and listen and subscribe and hear Wesley's real voice. Dulcet tones. Say? Yeah, the dulcet tones. His voice on here is a bit more Blige or Neil. So yeah, we'll. Uh, <laughs> He's doing, he's doing he's doing his prop he's doing his telephone voice for uh, uh for as yet unexplained oh dear well yeah well thank you as i say thank you for listening thank you for joining me gents um and uh 
yes, good night to all you people out there. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>